Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Lincoln do have the reputation of uh, playing the ball in a similar fashion to, to, to Crew, and so Charlton, I'm sure, will have done their homework. We faced them already once, and we know what we're up against. As Crew, uh, as, uh, Lincoln immediately go down the Charlton right. The Addicts starting strong this second half. To Matthews. Good ball to Gilby. Gilby with the cross, looking to Anike. Inside to Stockley! He scores! Jaden Stockley and Anike! Lovely play from the Addicts. Gilby with the cross. And Eco with a little cushion header. Stockley with his left foot. Fires in the net. Yeah, genius. Nigel Atkins, genius. Changes have made a men straight away. And it's Gilby who finds that little pocket we've been talking about. And he dinks a lovely little ball towards the far post where Eke has the... The cleverness and the awareness actually just to head it down into Stockley's path. He meets it on the half volley and no keeper in the world is saving that. Morgan with the corner towards the far post. Innes with the header. It's two. Ryan Innes completely free at the far post. Albie Morgan with the corner. Innes just good miss and Charlton make it two. And there's that cushion that I just said we would love to see. And again, I'm a bit surprised that Lincoln haven't sorted themselves out on that one. We've seen Innes do this three or four times, maybe more, maybe half a dozen, where he peels off to that far post area. We go long on purpose. Normally, it's to feed a header back into the danger zone to feed off the second phase. But you have to put down as... That's <laughs> really poor marking now. It's in the replay. I mean, no one's even tried to stay with Innes. And thankfully, he's headed it down and low. Anderson, well read by Martson. Now Miller, he's got Stockley and Akers of space in the middle. Anike next to him as well. He's on a run, Liam Miller. Inside the pounds here to Anike. Gets in! Joel make it free! Palmer couldn't keep it out. Miller on the counter attack. Lays it up for Chucks and Anike. And despite Palmer's best efforts, it's Chuck free. Lincoln nil. And again, it's, it's been a devastating second half. It really has. Miller has come to life, hasn't he? Broke down that left-hand side, and you think, is he going to go for goal? Is he going to cut inside himself and go for goal? This time he gets his head up nice and early and feeds Chucks and EK with an inch-perfect pass, perfectly weighted as well for Chucks to come onto with that right foot. I didn't think the shot was quite good enough. I didn't think the execution was quite good enough. Oh, it's taken a deflection. Taking That's deflection why. Indeed. I wondered why that crept past the keeper. It's taken a little deflection off the centre-half Aoma. And uh, I'd still say that's Chucks' goal, 100%. Hopper in front and Howard, and now it is Hopper. 
Tom asking for an offside, nothing given, and the ball back to Anderson. And Charlton concede in the 88th minute. Just Charlton just switched off there. They were looking for the offside with the ball through to Hopper, nothing given. And then Hopper's ball back to the edge of the penalty area is buried by Anderson. Yeah, and look, we've got the three-goal cushion and we've all relaxed up here and there's no need to panic, in my opinion, just yet. Could we have dealt with that a bit better? Yes, we could. Sends the ball clear. And there is the final whistle. We can all breathe. <laughs> As Charlton run out 3-1 winners here at the Valley. Uh, three points that could be vital next week, who knows. Could prove vital indeed. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Hopefully not the final big match preview of the season, but it could well be. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me on the pod this week as we go ahead for one final push to try and get into the playoffs after that fantastic victory over Lincoln during the week. First up, we've got Mr. Tom Wallin. Tom, it's make or break now. You're either going to be proven correct or incorrect come Sunday. It's annoying, isn't it? I was ready to be all smug on this pod. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the boys have kept us guessing for one more week. Yeah, kept it alive. And another man who I'm sure is uh, counting his chickens already and certain that we're going to make it to Wembley, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Yeah, not bad. Still mad. I've started to think we've... Uh, I've been in the camp where I didn't think we were going to do it and then somehow we pulled it off. But I'm still in the camp. We just don't know what team we're to, which team's going to turn up. So um, I suppose it's exciting. Um, I just think we can go in there and do what we can do and just see what happens, I guess. But mm. I, I, I'm not going to be too down out if it don't go our way, if I'm honest. I think next season is going to be positive. Um, but yeah, buzzing. Nice to be back on. Speak to you, lovely chaps. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's all buzzing, mate. Sun shining. Absolutely buzzing. The birds are singing. Uh, you might That's even, the one. There's some annoying children a couple of doors down from mine actually bouncing on a trampoline as well. So you got that as well. So you, you never hear that on Nigel's uh, videos. You're getting annoyed with random people who might be ruining the podcast. But there you go. Right. Uh, we just heard the goals from the Lincoln game. We'll look back at that uh, shortly. Obviously, we're going to be discussing the permutations, looking ahead to the game with Hull. We're going to hear it from Nigel Adkins, the Addicts boss. Uh, we've also uh, got just a couple of discussion things. We've got some emails that have come in as well and tweets. Uh, to share it with you guys as well. But, I mean, let, let, let's go straight into it and look into the permutations coming up on Saturday or Sunday even, midday kickoff. So, basically, obviously, we, we know where we stand. We're the side who are relying on not only getting a result ourselves, but on, on other teams screwing up. So, as it stands, we go into the weekend. Uh, we're a point behind Portsmouth uh, on the same points as Oxford, uh, but with, with a worse goal difference. Now, because we won... On, on on Tuesday to keep it alive. There is actually now a way that we don't even win on Sunday and we can still make the playoffs. It's a remarkable thought, really. But if we just get a point uh, and Portsmouth lose by two and Oxford lose, realistically, because uh, they've already got a better goal difference than us, so a point won't be good enough, then we would be in the playoffs just like that, which, when you think about it, is absolutely remarkable. Now, the likelihood of that outcome, you'd have to say, Tom, is probably pretty low. I think, realistically, we need to go and win our game and hope that the other two slip up and draw. Yeah, yeah, totally right. And you don't want to be you don't want to be drawing and wondering what's going on somewhere else. Um, obviously, as you say, it's, it's not in our hands whatever happens, but 
if you go out there and you win your game, you've you've done all you can by this stage. I would argue, obviously, we won't have done if the other teams win. And it goes back to what I said on Tuesday night, that it's frustrating that we've taken it out of our own hands because we've had plenty of opportunities earlier in the season where it was it was in our hands. But we're where we are now and we've got to accept that and we've just got to go. And if we go to, to Hull and get a result, then that's positive either way. And, and like Naif, obviously, I'd rather get into the playoffs. But if not, the the confidence that we will get, hopefully, from a strong end to the season bodes well for next year. Um, but at the moment, I'm just looking at Sunday and I'm thinking, right, let's just go and win that game because that's the most important thing. Uh, and we can't control something Bo always used to say. We can't control the other teams. What will happen will happen. Uh, and if we win our game, then we've given ourselves a chance. And at this stage in the season, that's all we can do. Now, I mean, we have to talk about the the pressure on the other sides, okay? So obviously, I mean, I mean, before we even get into the fact that we are playing the champions, who've uh, who have got a, only lost five games away from home all season, uh, you know, they they they've walked the league basically. They're you know, the thirteen points ahead of Blackpool in third. They've got promoted quite comfortably. You know, let's worry about our part of it <laughs> later. I've done this quite a lot actually this season, Nath. I'm trying to work out who else can fall over and how it's going to happen. So let's have a look at Portsmouth first of all. They're at home to an Accrington side who they played what ten days ago. Drew three all at the Crown Ground. Obviously, we played them last weekend. We know they're very tricky customers. Let's look at that game first. It's possible that they could slip up, isn't it? Oh, I think hundred percent. I think with the um, with with, the, with how it's poised at the moment, if if and it's a big if, we get an early goal, say first ten minutes, <clears throat> Pompey are going to hear, and they know they they need to win. So they're in theory they sh- they should probably will go for it a little bit more, which may leave them exposed um, a little bit more. I know it's all ifs and buts, but I know we're probably on the out the outsiders. Of course we are, but. If we get an early goal, they're going to feel the pressure. And like you say, it's not like, um, you know, Accrington or, or Bristol Rovers or, you know, or they're getting pumped every week. They're a difficult side and they're not going to roll over and, you know, have their bellies tickled by Pompey because, I mean, Accrington are probably, I would imagine, I could be wrong, but they're probably aiming for their highest finish. I don't know if that's true or not, but they've they done really well when they fell fell away. But, I do like um, that we're just making up stats now and just assuming just, they're true. <laughs> I, I just, Accrington Stanley, you know, hopefully, yes, I finished show. I've just made that up. I'll be proof on otherwise. But it just, I just don't remember ever seeing them that high in the league before. But um, I could be wrong, like I said, but they've done, they've had a good, good season. They're good at what they do. Um, but I just think we get an early goal. You know, the Cowley brothers are going to sit there. They ain't going to sit and try and play out for a draw. They're going to have to go and attack the game, which may play into our favour. Um, so I think, but again, all we've got to do, figure, you know, work out on ourselves, win the game, um, and then whatever happens, happens. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Sorry, I was just Googling there. To be fair, they've only been in League One. Uh, what's that? Eighteen, nineteen. Oh, this, uh, this, this list isn't extensive. They've missed out a, lot, a couple of seasons on this, but so, so I could be right. You could be, yeah. They finished fourteenth <laughs> in the season we went up, so yeah, they got a chance. It depends. It depends what they did last season. I don't know. It doesn't have it on this on this table I'm looking at, but um, yeah. So all right. So we've decided that Portsmouth are definitely losing. Uh, now, obviously, Oxford at home uh, to a side in Burton who've had a remarkable second half of the season. Tom, uh, you know, and obviously they're going to lose as well. Well, you'd have to hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, so Carl Robinson, uh, it would be nice, wouldn't it, to, to leapfrog him as well um, and to get a, a favour off uh, Charlton legend Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. So, yeah, it's uh, 
like I said, it's it's not in our hands, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Uh, as we said, Pompey struggled against Accrington before and, and Burton are in a good run of form. Uh, obviously, I'd rather it was in our hands, but it isn't. So, yeah, let's just wait and see. Eh? We were talking just before we came on air, weren't we, that, that Sunday's going to be the last show, but uh, maybe we can extend the season a little bit longer and and see how we go. Would I fancy us in the playoffs? I don't know. That's a different question, and we'll, and we'll obviously have to discuss that if we get there. But, yeah, it's just, a, as I say, for me, it's it's about concentrating on us. And if we get an early goal against Hull, uh, and other sides maybe at half-time go in drawing and, and we're ahead, then suddenly people are going to start to get nervy. And, and at that point, that's when we start spending our lives just constantly refreshing to find out what's going on in the other places. So... Yeah, it's nice to have something to play for going into the final day. I, I hope that we would, um, and obviously we're not quite where we wanted to be, but it keeps it interesting for the final game. Yeah, I mean, how, how much do you think the psychological element of if we do get a 1-0 lead in that first half, Tom, will play on the other sides? Because, you know, a, a, as it stood, if we, if we went 1-0 up and the other two were still floundering at 0-0, I mean, obviously we, we, we would then be in, in pole position. That That is my one prediction I'm going to make for this weekend is there will be at least one stage during the 90 minutes that we will be in the top six. That's my only prediction I'm going to make. I'm not going to make a prediction that we're going to end there because, you know, it is a long shot. But that is my one prediction. The same as it was with last season, there was a stage where we were staying up and sure enough, it unfortunately happened to be the last 10 minutes until added time. I I think there will be a moment where we're in that. And it's how those other sides react to that. And if they react to that badly, then that all of a sudden could make it very interesting for us. Yeah, and, and if you look at the league this season, and I'm not going to say these two teams specifically because I can't think of specific examples, but throughout the league this season, you have seen teams you know, concede either lose games where you wouldn't expect them to or just concede goals very late on or you know get a bit of a spanking or like the Lincoln game with the three all the other day where they get pegged back or get back in games. Games have flipped on their heads several times this season and there's been lots of high-scoring games. So I think if we do go 1-0 up, it makes teams nervous. I think they're going to be aware of it. Whether they're aware you know, at every stage of the game, I don't know. But it, they're go- it's going to play on their mind because they know what they need to go and do as well. Um, and then you know, it's it becomes a battle then. Do you start to play out more and risk exposing yourselves at the back or, or what? I think... The worst case scenario for us is that the other two teams go ahead quite quickly because suddenly we're we're on the back foot. But if we got that early goal, it would be really interesting to see how those other games go because despite everything I've said all season about the quality of the league, it's been very even in terms of its quality, whatever standard you want to level that at. And, and I feel any team has been able to beat anyone and we've been as good an example of that as anyone when you look at our record against some of the bottom sides. So... Yeah, it's in the realms of possibility and and that's all you can ask for at this stage of the season. You know, we haven't made it into those top two places and and we're not guaranteed a playoff place. Um, And I think a lot of that is our own doing, but we're where we are and we've still got a chance. So, yeah, we've just got to start that game quick. It's something we've said for the last few weeks, start the game quick, get the first goal. And we haven't really managed to do it too much. But if we do on Sunday, it's going to make things interesting. Mm, Yeah, well, let's have a look at the game that uh, the victory in which means that we do have uh, an outside hope of a chance of getting into the playoffs on Sunday. Obviously, we heard the goals at the top of the show of the 3-1 win uh, over Lincoln City. Um, And I think we saw 
exactly which player makes the stick in that one. The first half was a bit dour and, and we couldn't get the ball to stick. But as soon as we came out in the second half, you know, we hadn't had a single shot on target. The difference that Chucks and EK makes, Nathan, I mean, he's, he's, he's not down for Jaden Stockley to open the scoring. Uh, we've got some audio about Chucks later on and we'll go into him more. But I mean, shows how important he is to this side. And we went on then to be quite rampant in that in that 20 minute spell and get the job done. Yeah, I think when um, Chucks when Chucks does come on, he brings a certain not a, he obviously brings physicality, but he brings a lot of aggression, you know. And having Stockley and Chucks up there, it gives it gives defenders something to think about. And it is a bit of a shame that he's not um, he can't start or for whatever you know whatever medical reason there is. But he does bring us that something different, and um, it, 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 they were fearful, and you could tell that. I mean. The, Obviously, the, first, the the early girl, the early girl, the early goal helped, um, and after that, they were quite reluctant of, you know, of give. They didn't know whether to get tight to him, but if they did get tight to him, they, you know, they couldn't get near him because he was just pushing them away. And and um, but he does offer us something different, and I was I was pleased for him. It's just there was a little bit in there when obviously he got subbed. He just needs to channel his aggression in different ways sometimes. I think because, I mean, he got he's got sent off once already, hasn't he? Twice, um, but one, twice. one of them got rescinded, yeah. didn't he? God, twice in about three games, I think. One exactly. of them did get rescinded. And I think he was he was lucky to stay on the pitch, in my opinion, mm. um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was. But yeah, he gives us something different, and it's just a shame that he can't he can't start a lot more because you can tell the difference when he's on the pitch, um, for sure. And I think the first half, we were so one-dimensional, so slow, you know, the, we were too deep, the gap between the midfield and the strikers were too, was too big, so Gilby was struggling to get in the game, Miller was weren't getting in the right areas, he was being, you know, inconsistent, Martson didn't get in the game, and it was just a bit of a poor first half, really, but like you say, with, with Chucks coming on, he just changes the dynamic, it, 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 it's so easy to defend when you just got one striker, I know it's worked in previous weeks, but Gilby was getting closer. I'm not saying Gilby wasn't at fault, in my opinion, on Tuesday. It's just the way that we were, we were setting up and we were going long too early. We weren't getting enough, given enough time for players to get around this Stockley. Um, but yeah, he definitely changed the game, and it's just it's difficult because if he starts the game, and we have a we have a first life like first half like we did on Tuesday, who have we got on the bench to change the game? I know we've got Connor on there, but he's a different player than to Chuck. So. Um, I do agree with him, you know, just, just starting on the bench, but it's just a difficult one. It's really difficult, but all the time he's coming off and banging the goals in, it doesn't really matter as long as the team are doing well and we're winning games or at least not losing. Mm, yeah, I mean, it was remarkable that the difference between the first half and the second half, and I don't know if you can only put that down to to, to Chucks and EK coming on the on, on the field of play. Tom, but it, it just shows how we've been such a Jekyll and Hyde team this season. I think, you know, first half, you know, where was Miller? What was he doing? Second half, all of a sudden, he puts in a couple of decent crosses, getting an assist for the third goal, for Chucks' goal. You know, it's all, all little things like this just shows how, you know, when we can turn it on, probably the most frustrating part of it, that we managed to turn it on for the second half and we haven't done that enough this season, then we wouldn't be having this conversation about, you know, we might sneak into the playoffs on the last day if we if we were able to consistently perform at the level we've shown we can at times and not the level, you know, we often have shown, which has not been good enough. I think that game, yeah, completely sums up our season. We've gone to a team that have exceeded all expectations and made the playoffs, uh, beaten them relatively handily, but 
that first half was one of the most boring halves of football I've ever watched. And, and we've seen a lot of bad football this season. And I think, yeah, that, that has been our downfall this year. And whether that's the, the large amount of players we brought in, whether that's the, the management change, whether that's the ownership, whether that's fans not being there, whatever it is, we just haven't been able to be consistent. You talk about Miller there. He's a player that drives me mad most weeks, but then can go and score goals and get assists other weeks. You think of someone like Deji, who when he came in had a couple of man of the match performances, you know, making goal scoring blocks and all sorts. And then other games has, has literally cost us the game by, by sloppy mistakes. You could pick people all over the pitch that have been like that. Gilby started the season badly. Now he looks like one of our best players. Um, Amos, you know, has kept us in games and then has had bad games. And I think that inconsistency throughout the side is ultimately why it's unlikely that we're going to get promoted. And like I said to you boys on the WhatsApp during the game, that the whole game just made me so angry because, as you say, you know what we're capable of. And why are we pulling out a second half performance like that now when it's out of our hands? Where was that three or four weeks ago when we still had it in control? How can we go to a Plymouth side and beat them six nil and then just play so badly in the last two or three games? It's, it's been really frustrating season for all of us um, and it could still end obviously on a massive high and, and I hope it does but ultimately that is what Nigel Adkins has to look at at the summer. He's obviously got an, a, a massive overhaul job on his hands both in terms of personnel and, and style and everything um, and to, to gain some sort of identity which is another word I've used a lot this season um, but yeah that inconsistency ultimately looks like it's going to cost us and it, and it might not and I hope it doesn't but yeah it's just Obviously, I was delighted we won on Tuesday, but at the same time, there's just that that element of frustration that, that the, the inconsistency throughout the season and throughout that game ultimately might be what costs us. It does make me laugh when, when, when you can put it so eloquently, um, you know, a, an element of frustration when during the group chat, I believe there was quite a lot of Fs and <laughs> whatnots saying, why couldn't they do this all season? Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm just reading it now. I can't read that out. Unfortunately, I just don't want you have to keep putting all those bleeps in because it'll take ages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm going to say it out loud. So now I have to remember to bleep it. Stupid. <laughs> why didn't we do this for the last few weeks? There we go. And Peter. Who, Brewer, who said that? Was that Tom? Tom? Yeah, Peter Brewer <laughs> and couldn't beat them either. So there we go. So I'm going to make sure I bleep those. <laughs> that that's Tom. That's how Tom actually speaks in real life. Everyone. Right down bleep. Right, uh, I mean, the Ryan Innes getting his goal, obviously, uh, uh, still no team has worked out how to deal with that, and that could uh, very much be a threat on um, on, on Sunday for us against a whole side who, who've got a decent defensive record. Um, I, I should also obviously mention as well, Nathan, that, that Jaden Stockley, the headmaster, has finally uh, scored one with his foot, and it was a fine finish as well from, sort of, you know, close in, but it was a snapshot right into the top corner. It was a great finish, great finish, and great from Chucks as well. I mean, he could have, <clears throat> he could have easily tried chesting it down and swinging a leg at it, or I don't know, I don't know about Chucks doing an overhead kick. Jesus, the sound of that if that ever happened, if he fell to the floor. But um, no, it was good, good goal all around. I think Gilby done well. I thought it was a great little um, pick out from him. Um, and Tom just touched it. I think he's been great since he come back. Um, but yeah, no, good, good all round performance. I felt a bit sorry for him first half. He was so isolated. Like a lot of the games I've seen recently, it's just we come a a bit too predictable and we always go, it seems sometimes, we always go for the easy way out, which is to hit it long. And if you're going to hit it long, you've got to make sure that you've got people around Stockley to pick up the pieces. Otherwise, if he's, you know, if, if, a, if a team 
play a higher line, which they will do against Stockley sometimes because he's not going to have the pace in behind them, then what is he going to do 40, 50 yards from goal? He ain't going to chest it in the goal, is he? You know, so, um, I mean, we wouldn't put it past him, but he could try and hit it, but I don't know if it'll come off. But, yeah, I felt sorry for him first half. And I think that when he, when he has someone with him, um, he looks so much more effective. Um, unless, but then if we if we just stick him up top on the own on his own and get the two wingers, which would have been DJ and obviously Martin on the on, on Tuesday and go just cross the ball, yeah, it, it could come off, but it's not going to work every single time. And then when we come that predictable, I think we're so easy to play against, and, mm. and I think that's what the difference with him and his performance on um, Tuesday. So at least he's got, got got one with his foot now, so we know his feet work. Um, <laughs> You know, he's, he's, he's not just all about his head. But I think he's been a great, great signing. And if we can get him in on a permanent in the summer, who knows? But um, I think he's been great since he's been here. Yeah, especially, I mean, yeah, if we do sign him, then perhaps Tom wouldn't be f***ing raging. I hate this Charlton side. So, yeah, that would, uh, that would be hopefully cheer Tom up. Right, let's hear from Nigel Adkins, shall we? His thoughts on the game uh, against uh, Lincoln City. Uh, this is what he had to say at full time. Um, almost say I thought second half we had a good spell where we've gone and scored three goals, could have scored a couple more. That's where we're when that momentum's there. Um, Jaden at the far post, you know, Jaden Stockley diving ahead, he's just missed at the far post. Mm. But we've played the best away team in the league. So and they're in the playoffs and they're a good side. So we know it was going to be a tough game, and they've come here and played the full it. You know, so a half time it's nil nil. Uh, and the game's in the balance because we knew we needed to win the game. Great credit to the players because they found a way to win the game and play some really good football in the second half. The first goal, what a great goal. It starts in the corner flag with Adam Matthews and we played up and played, boom, boom, boom. Great counter-attacking, keeping it. Lost it, got it back straight away and a great knockdown from Chucks for Jaden Stockley, who I thought was magnificent. Yeah, again, you know, he's, he works his socks up. The last minute of the game, he's in our, he's in our corner flag, winning the ball. He just kept going. Phenomenal. He's such a massive threat. And if we can just improve the quality to him, um, you know, he's just such a handful in this, at this level. Really, really good. What's the situation with Jake? He was obviously holding his, sort of appeared to be holding his left knee. He was. Who's this? Jake Forster Castle. Oh, sorry. Jake, don't, I don't know. I've come out. He'll be get, we've got brilliant medical staff, so we'll mm. get assessed. Obviously, for Jake to come off, mm. you know, th- th- there'll be something going on, isn't he? But, or I don't know. It might be a soft yeah. tissue injury or what. I don't know is the answer. Um, but obviously, he's a, he's a warrior who wants to carry on with things, you know. So we'll see. We'll just we'll have to get the right diagnosis and we'll go from there. But Another, it's not nice when anyone has to come off injured. Mm. No. Another corner routine that comes up trumps with Ryan Innes powering onto that header at the we've back scored, post. We've scored a goal again. You know, he's yeah. a ma- we're a massive threat from set pieces. I think we score more goals than anyone in the league. You know, another great workout from Johnny Jackson. You know, uh, a lot of, lot of praise for Johnny and what we've done. We look very solid defensively, set pieces. We score goals. We scored a you know a very important goal at the weekend, set piece. You know, we work hard on them. Mm. And uh, you know, great credit to Johnny Jackson for that, and Ryan Innes for scoring a goal. Same thing at the weekend, but his header went the wrong side of the post. Yeah. You know, he gets that free header, but he went the wrong side of the post at the weekend. That could have been the winner. Today is obviously the second one to put us in a stronger position in the game. There we go. That was Nigel Atkins' thoughts after the game uh, against Lincoln City. We'll hear from Nigel quite a bit uh, today. Um, all of these uh, little clippets are uh, uh, snippets, I should say, are from uh, the post-match on Tuesday. Uh, he's not doing his uh, pre-game presser until Friday this week, but uh, we've got lot, lots to talk about. Um, did obviously mention in that little clip there, 
um, about Jake Forstokaski's injury. Now, it's come out uh, today via Richard Corley that it is another ACL injury. So, I mean, realistically, with his contract up at the end of the season, that that's a disaster for him. And, and probably the last time we're going to see Jake in a, in a championship, I'm going to guess, depending on, on how serious the injury is. So I'm not an expert. I'm not sure if you can have different levels of an ACL injury, but you'll remember he missed almost the entirety of our last playoff uh, promotion campaign season with an ACL injury so 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 harsh on, on on him Tom because he's had such a good season and I think he will be the shoe-in for for the player of the year this year I definitely think he should be he certainly got my vote um and obviously <laughs> the performances make it worse but I'd be gutted for him anyway uh and I think yeah, it's difficult. The club have obviously put out a statement, or I think it was the club that said, you know, we won't see him for the rest of this season. And, and obviously that's going to be the case. But with the overhaul that I spoke about that Adkins has to do, it's really difficult. If you know he's going to be out even just until Christmas, it, it's a risk to to renew his contract because you don't know how long it's then going to take him to get back up to speed and stuff. So you would argue, realistically, you if you see him at all next season, you're not going to see the best out of him. And it's just bitterly unfair on him because obviously he's had that before he, he's really hit a good vein of form and become the player that we saw a few years ago I think it was just after Boya took over when he really got him getting into the box and scoring goals um, and then he had his injury and now he's back and he's performing well again it's just really unfortunate on him uh, and obviously like everyone wish him all the best I would love us to to take a punt on him and to to keep him but I think realistically, you know, it's unfortunately it's a cruel game. And as I say, if you look at that injury record and you look at when you're going to be able to get the best out of him with the overhaul that Nigel has to do, he's potentially going to be taking up a place in the squad for somebody. And uh, as harsh as that is, that that's probably the way that the club are going to look at it. But we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if they've purposefully not put out more information about the time frame because they're or whether they just don't know yet. Um, and we'll have to wait and see in the summer. But if this that is the last time that we see him, I, I certainly think he's been a brilliant, brilliant servant for us. And of course, he's had his injury troubles, but when he's been in good form, he's he's done brilliantly for us, scored a lot of good goals. And this season, as you say, he's completely run that midfield. And, and if he does win it, thoroughly deserves player of the year. Excellent stuff. Yeah, the, um, the, the important thing is as well that, obviously, again, depending on how long this takes and the severity of it, uh, I'm sure the club will look after him next season. That'll be, uh, with, with you know, well within what's expected of them. But yeah, such a shame, such a shame for Jake, uh, and and obviously we we wish him uh, all the best. Right, we uh, did want to talk about Chuck Sanike. Uh We mentioned him earlier already. We saw the uh, the the danger he caused his other sides. Uh, in that 45 minutes, and obviously the first question asked to Nigel after the game against Lincoln. Well, what are the chances of him playing 90? Uh, on on uh, Sunday. Well, can he play forty five? Because I had to yeah. take him off before he got sent off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's good. I mean, listen, I, I have you know a good conversation with the, the medical and coaching staff, and you know, can he start the game? Can he play ninety minutes? We know he's very effective in the second half of a game. He's got that with his record this season, fourteen goals. You'll probably get the one taking off him today. I think it was a deflection in there, but hopefully not. He's a he's a massive he's a massive handful on the threat. Um, and we just got to try and keep building to get more game time. What he's done today, he's made a big impact coming off the bench at half time for us, which is important. Thank you. What are you, what are you thinking when the referee for the second foul after Chuck? Well, after Chuck's has made that foul and the ref's coming over, 
because obviously you take him off fairly soon after that and he's so important. you take him off before he gets sent off. Yeah. <laughs> it's this logical thing to go yeah. and do, isn't it? You know, yeah. he, he can't do that. And he knew that straight away. Mm. You know, obviously he's, he, we've got to, you know, he's competitive. So, uh, but he's, he's... I have a question about Anike. Of course, obviously he was the game changer. You brought him on and he kind of opened up defences with his link-up play. He kind of allowed Stockley to, to do what he did, to finish. Did you think, I mean, before the game, like when Lincoln, I'm gonna get tired, I'm gonna bring this guy on because I think that was a stroke of tactical yeah, genius to bring oh, him on at that moment. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what was he planned before the game? It was, it was planned that he wasn't gonna start the game because he scores a lot more goals when he comes off the bench in the second half when all the opposition are tired and he's at his strength and he goes and links from there. So there we go, you know, it's Always a little bit unclear, really, isn't it, with with Chucks as as to whether we ever be able to get nine out. I think we've started him quite a few games this season. I think it was eleven or something uh, when I looked at it the other day. But he's only he's only ever not been subbed off in two games that he started. Now, to, I need to delve more into that to see if those were the two he got sent off. But I think so. I think maximum he's played ninety minutes twice. Um, and it, it just it's such a shame because I mean, if it wasn't for that, you know, with Chucks. Now, if, if if he was able to play 90 minutes more often, um, then he would easily be one of the best players in League One. And I think he already is anyway. Of course he is. I think it was only a few seasons ago when he obviously done well at MK Dons. Um, it's, obviously, we don't know the extent of what it is. Um, I mean, obviously, you had sort of similar players like Paul McGrath at Villa and Ledley King. And, you know, and he, he, to an extent, Chris Solly, where... They had to be managed. Um, I mean, obviously, Solly wasn't didn't miss many games. Obviously, there was a season where more or less played in every one, but one that like Ledley King, where he's for in that situation, his knee would flare up with fluid, and he had to get it drained, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know if that's the case. It could be something completely different. But without us knowing the full details, um, it's hard to really sort of assess it, really. Um, but yeah, I agree. If if if, if Chucks was a hundred percent fit every week, in my opinion, he'd be. Yeah, I don't think he'd get you thirty goals like Johnson Clark Harris would, but I definitely think he'd be pushing on twenty twenty five um, because I think he's such a handful at this level. Um, and I think um, we, I think you can tell we're a different animal when he's on the team in the side because just because of his aggression that I touched on earlier. Um, so it's disappointing, but you know. It's one of those things, and we've got a, an imp, uh, a finisher, not a sub, as Nigel was saying, or an impact player. Um, that and, and he's and he's good at it, and and, and we've benefit, benefited from it a lot this season. So I'm not going to get too downhearted because obviously he's, he's played his part, but it is frustrating when he must be frustrated as well that his body can't seem to get that um, to you know to get that momentum. Because at first I thought maybe it's a personal thing, maybe it's a personal confidence thing. Um, but obviously Nigel was saying that is, I think he said at the in the um, in the Q and A with, with the trust yesterday that you know they can't go into it because of confidentiality. But there's a bit of an issue which has to be managed. So disappointing. Um, but yeah, I hopefully who knows what a summer could do, and he, if he's still here, mm. he, he might get some more minutes under his belt. Yeah, I mean that that is a big question. I I, I think it's a no brainer. But I'll ask you anyway, Tom. I mean, do do you sign him on a player a player that if if he wants to stay, obviously, you know, depending on what his options will look like, and we don't know that, although I reckon he will be in 
in uh, in in a lot of teams' wish lists. But I mean, do you sign on a player because you know what he offers you, but at the same time, you know he he can't he can't go ninety minutes most weeks. I think based on this season, absolutely you do. Yeah, I think you're right. He is going to have suitors, but I think some people will be put off by that injury record. Obviously. There were rumours for a long time that that was the case with Chris Solly. I think there might be some clubs that, that want to take a punt on him uh, and are prepared to take that risk. But I think if we could sign him, I would definitely like to keep him. Uh, like you guys, I, I I don't... I said it on, on Tuesday. It's not that I don't buy the fact that he's got this injury. I'm sure if we could play him more, we would. But you you can only protect a player like that for so long because... You know, obviously against Hull, if you don't start him, well, well, why not? Because if we then don't get a win as a result of not playing him and we don't get in the playoffs, you've protected him for no reason. So I think there are times where I, I feel a little bit like we've overprotected him, but obviously I don't have the same access to the reasons for, for keeping him out that, that they do. So I'm sure there is a legitimate reason there. But yeah, going back to your question, I, I think you, you have to sign him because whichever division we're in, and I think it's more likely we're going to be in League One, he's shown already the, the ability that he has and, and teams can't cope with him. Uh, and as you said, when we talked about the Lincoln game, you know, he completely transformed that game and he's done that on several occasions this season. So I would I would certainly like to see him in there. Uh, he's the sort of player that I think we can we can build a front line around and he offers us something either as an impact player or from the start, if we can try and work this injury slightly better. And yeah, I'd love to see him stay. But as you say, I think there will be a few people who might well take a punt on him. Uh, and if we're still in League One, maybe he has a shot at the championship again. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we've still got plenty of your tweets and emails to come to. And of course, we're looking ahead to Sunday's showdown with Hull City at the Valley. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we meet again and I offer my hand all dry and English slow. And you look at me and I understand you. Yeah, it's a look. Good ball out here on the right hand side of Smith. Smith, ball into the box. And he can hit it! Superb goal by Charlton. Brilliantly worked on this right hand side. Smith with the cross. And Aniko's on hand to bury his header.
Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview ahead of Sunday's massive game with Hull City at the Valley where we try and secure uh, a place in the playoffs against the odds, we have to say, but it's all to play for still. But I've got some tweets and emails uh, to look at that have come in after the win over Lincoln and ahead, of course, uh, of the game with Hull. Ben says, the tale of two halves against Lincoln. First half, I think I could have uh, defended against Miller. He was so predictable. Martson was not much better. And then Nigel earned his money. Chucks was a game changer. Front foot, aggressive football, uh, which was a joy to watch. Miller started showing what he can do all aboard for the biggest game of the season on Sunday. All the joys of being a Charlton fan. We never do it easy. That's from Ben. Cheers, Ben. Then Gary says, good evening, gents. Uh, If we had to beat Hull to get in the playoff, I think we could do that. But having to rely on other teams to lose uh, will make it a lot harder. Oh, and the boy Miller, when he's without the ball, he doesn't seem interested and he's tracking back is atrocious. Good show. Cheers. Uh, Gary, I guess, yeah, with, with someone like Liam Miller, I haven't really paid too much attention to his, to his tracking back because you, you worry more about when he's going forward. But that's the sort of thing that if Lee Bayer saw that, he'd have him shot, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because... Uh... <laughs> But Bo's obviously liked people obviously tracking back. And, I, and to be fair, there was a couple of games where um, Miller did track back. I can't remember what game it was, but he defended the back post late on. And Oh, yeah. It, Milton Keynes early on, wasn't yeah. it? It was under Bo, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think like he can do it. But the problem is with Miller is if he's all the way back there, he's then got to go travel all the way up. And as we've said, I know he's been inconsistent and I've been a critic of ease as, as much as you know any other fan. But... On his day, when he's running with the ball, he needs to be in that final third. So I'd, which is where it comes down to when you're playing Perriton and Perriton or Martson. When you've got Perriton behind him, Perriton gets a nosebleed as soon as he goes over the half halfway line anyway. So let him let him do all that bit. Um, but yeah, I mean everyone's got to chip in, and you know he does his pressing and and stuff like that. But I don't really like seeing him back in that left wing back position because yeah. I think he comes in effective yeah I've said it before actually I think I might have even said it quite recently as well but I mean for all the frustration he does bring I still think we're a better side with him in it because I just don't see anyone else who drives us forward especially now that DJ's out injured I don't see anyone else that drives us forward uh, with the ball at feet to the extent he does obviously the the final end product is the frustration but yeah mm. for me when, when, when I see him having a frustrating game where he's getting towards the edge of the box and then not crossing and I see people on Twitter saying get him off I'm thinking no, keep him on because he's the only one who's getting to the edge of the box in the first place. We just got to hope he pulls off what he did on on Tuesday. You know, a little little ball into into Chucks for the goal. He put over a glorious cross, didn't he, for for Stockley? I think just after we'd gone one nil up. I, I I still am an advocate for having Liam Miller in the side. Right, Jordan says hi guys. A great win on Tuesday against a good a Lincoln team, uh, particularly given that we lost Jake Forster Kasky, who's been vital for us this season. Just wonder what your thoughts are on the likelihood of Chucks leaving us at the end of the season. Maybe it's just my wishful thinking, but given he can't play the ninety minutes, would a big championship club? come in for him I'd, I'd hope with Sandgard's backing uh, we'd be able to offer him a contract that competes with other teams in League One or the Championship if it goes well and hope to keep hold of him he's been another vital player for us fingers toes and everything else crossed for the results to go our way on Sunday yeah cheers for the email Jordan yeah I think we I think we probably just answered that before we came to emails actually but yeah it, I, 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 I do hope that we keep him on you know as as what Tom said it's, it'd just be a very interesting summer. Again, it will sort of be a good sort of indication of what we're really going to be like as a club now, because you know, for all the for all the talk and and, and what we've enjoyed so far from from Thomas, and you know, I've got no no complaints at all so far. You learn more in in a summer transfer window where the where the breaks are off in terms of a a wage cap as well. So you know, I, I expect good things to happen, uh, but it will be interesting to see what does happen. Right, McSquared 
uh, says Lincoln win. Uh, almost certainly a case of too little, far too late, but impressive home win uh, nevertheless against a decent side who already guaranteed the playoffs. Not a great first half with few chances at either end and neither team shining with our final ball lacking. But Albie Morgan performed well again when he came on. It was no surprise whatsoever. We looked a totally different side as soon as Chucks came on as well. We then looked dangerous every time we attacked. And the rest of the team seemed to be transformed by Nikkei's introduction. The cushion header for the opening goal was superb. And he deservedly got on the score sheet himself. Uh, Miller also had a very impressive second half. But everyone on the pitch was switched on. And the result was thoroughly deserved. It's a pity that Nikkei doesn't seem to be able to play for more than 45 minutes. Because he makes an impact every time he's on the pitch. He seems to have an uncanny knack of always being in the right place at the right time. And frequently disrupts the opposition with his strength flicks and close control. I'm convinced that had he been able to play for longer periods of time, we would have made the playoffs. I have a feeling we might beat Hull on Sunday, but then fail to make the playoffs by the odd point or the odd goal. It's a great shame that our terrible home form over the course of the season will have ultimately cost us dearly. Uh, it might not be over till the fat lady sings, but I fear her warm-up exercises have already begun in earnest. Whatever happens, Stockley has proven to be an excellent loanee, and Thomas and Nigel should do everything in their power to make him a permanent signing as soon as possible. It'll be interesting to know uh, whether anything uh, can be done to produce uh, to improve uh, Anike's fitness in the close season, because that would make a huge difference as well. Yeah, cheers for that, McSquared. Good points in there. And finally from Phil, hi guys, what a weak disappointment and possibly one of the worst ever performances by a Charlton team at Accrington, followed up by a competitive and entertaining display on Tuesday, which after feeling down and out after Saturday gave us a lift and an outside chance of making the playoffs. On Sunday, a game against a football side with nothing to play for, already champions, so hopefully we can play with little pressure, knowing that all we can do is play our natural game and hope for a positive result. The rest is out of our hands. Uh, the pressure will be on the other sides. Whatever the outcome is, though, uh, looks like the fans will be back on mass for next season with an un unimpeded transfer window and a squad refreshed. Whatever league we're in, I'm confident that we will do well. Hopefully, Jake makes a speedy recovery and signs a new contract as he's been Mr. Reliable this season. And even when he's not at his best, he's still done a good job giving his all every week. I definitely feel we would have been out of the running had Nigel Atkins... Uh, not taken over from Lee when he did. Interesting. Thanks for keeping us all informed during the season and hoping that next season we'll all be back at the Valley cheering the lads on. That's Mr. Phil. Yeah, cheers, Mr. Phil. Yeah, and we've seen already uh, the season tickets have absolutely been flying off the shelves, Mr. Tom. Well, and have you got yours already? 4,000 sold already in, in the first couple of days. Yeah, got mine done on whenever it was that they got announced. Uh, yeah, I'm like really, really excited to see those numbers increasing. I think it goes to show what a difference it can make when you've got an, an owner who cares and takes an interest. I think obviously the, the pandemic has played a part for a, firstly, because people have been able to save more money as a result of not going out or some people have. And secondly, because a lot of people are, you know, have been starved of seeing live sports. So I think those play a part, but the thing that plays a part more than any of that is the fact that we've got an owner who values the fans and who wants to see them back. I think it's great that they've frozen prices, um, and yeah, I just I just cannot wait to be back. It's it's brilliant to see the numbers going up. And as I said on on Twitter the other day, not only is it exciting from that point of view, but a full valley makes a big difference. And obviously, we've seen the difference it makes having no fans in there this season. Uh, and I think if we can get regular crowds of fifteen thousand plus next season, then it's really gonna 
hopefully help the squad uh, in what can be an exciting season next year, which, whichever division we're in. Yeah, I mean, everybody's aboard the positivity train, aren't they, Nathan? So it's no, it's no surprise at all with everything sort of coming into place, the new ownership, you know, a, a chance of the playoffs, maybe. I don't think that's even made, that would have made that much of a difference because, you know, most people probably realise, likelihood is we will be in League One, but, you know, all, all, all that's gone on at Charlton over the last few years, you know, coming to a head and, and we have a, a, what looks like a, a progressive ownership now. And of course, just the fact that you can finally go again, like get out and be with your mates. I mean, how, how much do we miss that? A proper Charlton day where everyone's there, you're in the calf, you're in the pub, you're in crossbars. I mean, that that's what we've missed for so long and it'll be really emotional, whatever league we're in, even if we somehow get chucked out and end up in non-league just to be able to go back and do things properly. Yeah, I think we've, um, I think since, since Nigel's come in, um, he's obviously himself brought in a, a positive sort of atmosphere. Uh, there's a real buzz about the club. Obviously, we've touched on Thomas and, you know, he's influenced he's, <clears throat> since he's come in. I mean, it's all there to see. And I think it's like you were saying, it's like a clean slate. It's like a fresh start, a clean slate. It's fell in nicely. We're all going to be able to go to the football, it seems, um, you know, and go down the Oak or, you know, at the Bugle or wherever or all the other sort of pubs that are in the area. Um, and yeah, and like you were saying, just... Going to see people again, going and talking about the game, having a different opinions, you know, someone moaning when we've won one nil or, you know, someone being too positive when we got spanked three nil or whatever, you know, and that's what it's all about. And I think people have sat there and thought, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. And to be to be fair, we've been in what, three, two, three days? We've got 4,000. And that's, and some people might even be holding off to go, well, we'll see what the transfer window brings. So, I think it's brilliant, absolutely amazing, and it's just a, it just feel like a resurrection, if that may, without sounding a bit cringy, but mm. um, that's what it feels like, and I think that's what everyone's jumping on the train for, and long may it continue, because I think with that season we we went up in League One, everyone was together, like literally, I've never been since then home and away, like literally every game with like the same group of people, everyone got to know, and made so many friends through Charlton for that one season where everyone was together and we had the right, you know, we had the right backing, we had the right backroom staff, we had the right players, we had the right captain, the fan, everything seemed to come together. And I think a lot of people can see that happening again next year. Um, I know it's, it's a long ask and we're only, we haven't even finished this season yet and we've got loads of players out of contract, but there's a vibe and there's a there's a sense of expectation and a sense of positivity, which I think everyone's jumping on. Excellent stuff. Right, Some uh, someone else, it was McSquared, wasn't it, who mentioned about Albie Morgan's uh, performance uh, when he came on to replace the injured Jake Forster-Kasky uh, against Lincoln. And you have to say, based on that performance, I wonder if he'll get the start uh, on Saturday. But Nigel Atkins was asked about uh, just a general improvement uh, in the second half against Lincoln and then goes on in this piece to talk a little bit about Albie Morgan as well. The, the second half, at least going forward, was a much improved for performance from the first half. Was it Jux, just Chucks coming on? What do you think changed that and made the, the team look so much better going forward in the second half? No, we wanted to pass the ball. We, you know, I thought we played maybe a, a few longer diagonal balls in there. Maybe we went close enough. Gilby was trying to be closer to, um, to, to Jane in there. They had a good side as well, the mm. way they pressed. I play like two deeper midfield players to, to get on the ball and Kasky and, and Watson to try and get some flow of the, of the ball um, and that's worked well. I thought Albie Morgan's done really well mm. when he's come on, a youngster through the youth team. So uh, he's come on, you can see he's got talent on the ball. Mm. So I thought Gilby did really, really well. You know, he's going on to that right-hand side. So the lads have adapted, Ian Mates in the left-back position, 
I thought he's a, he's a talented football player, isn't he? Mm. You know? Yeah. Sorry, my, my next question was going to be about Albie Morgan. He's played a lot on the right, and he's played a lot sort of an attacking midfield position this season. But today you gave him a lot of responsibility, especially coming on for the captain, Jake Forster-Kasky, playing in a deeper role where he had to do defending as well as passing. Yeah. How, how do you think he... I mean, you mentioned a little bit there, but how do you think I'll, he did? I'll watch the game back. He's talented on the football, mm. um, but he's got to keep learning to do the other side of it, mm. um, which will hopefully... We'll, we're creating an environment that he can keep learning which is a big thing, you know. Good attitude. You can see he's got tremendous ability. We've got to try and keep making improvements all the time with what he's got uh, to help. There we go. So, Nigel, I found it really interesting that obviously, you know, look look at Albies, where he got two assists in two games, you know, coming on for the last four minutes against Accrington, he sent the free kick over for Chucks. Then obviously his deep corner was a a good delivery for Ryan Innes. Um, you know, and, and we've seen bits and pieces of the album we know and love. But isn't it interesting that Nigel now has come in and said almost exactly the same thing about needing to do the other side of the game as well, Tom? Uh, exactly the same thing as what Lee Bayer was saying beforehand. So that sort of answers the question as to what is it that these managers see in in um, Albi, which means he doesn't get to start games. And it is, I found it really fascinating when Nigel said that. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when the same quotes came out again. Uh I've been a, an advocate of, of his since he started really and called for him to have as much game time as, as possible. And I guess we haven't quite got the defensive cover this year that we did when we had the likes of Josh Cullen here that that allowed him to maybe be a bit more advanced and do less going back. But I think someone made the point earlier about people like Liam Miller. You know, it's not just him that doesn't track back. I think it's perhaps a, a fault of a few of our midfielders and Ultimately, it is a side of his game that he needs to learn. But I, I said to somebody when I saw Rich pay out the story the other day that there was a moment late on in that game on, on Tuesday where Albie was back in our box, diving header to clear a ball out. So from me watching on the telly, and obviously you don't see the whole pitch at all times, it looked like he was doing his fair share of defensive work. But the fact that consecutive managers and different types of managers, it's it's easy enough to say someone with a an emotional response or potentially a hothead like Lee Bowyer might spot that. But for a more level-headed and a more experienced manager who who perhaps looks at things a bit differently and who hasn't spent as much time around Albie Morgan, for him to see the same thing, it, it proves that it's there. And I don't think any of us necessarily doubted Bowyer. We were just frustrated because we know how good he is going forward. So, yeah, look, Albie's going to know that. I think, he, again, we've seen him play some decent football going forwards. Uh, and if he can continue to work on that this summer, I think, again, depending on how Adkins decides to play the, the summer overhaul, then he could be a real real big part of the midfield next season. But he's going to need to make sure he can do all areas of the game. I have no doubt he can. It's just, I guess, whether he wants to, because no midfielder particularly wants to do the defensive side, apart from Darren Prattley, who absolutely loves it. So, um yeah, we'll have to see what happens with him. But again, a very good performance the other night. Excellent stuff. Right, let's uh, turn our attention back then, as we did at the start of the game, uh, to the showdown with Hull on Sunday. Um, the result against Lincoln means that we've done all we can ahead of Sunday's game. The object tonight was, can we win the game? We know the goal difference is against us, but up and you know, the, obviously the other teams, if they win their games, we can't do it. But what could we control? win the game of football against the best away team in the league, a team in the playoffs, very talented football side who have done great this season. So we knew it was a tough game, so we've won the game, we've scored a couple more goals, put a performance in, everyone's doing that, and we've taken the season now to the last game of the season. And as we all know, anything can happen. You know, we are going to 
you know, we're going to uh, entertain the champions now. Hull City, you know, great credit to them. They're going to come here in champions. I presume they're going to get the trophy uh, and the things that go with that. You know, Grant McCann and Cliff Byrne, two ex-players of mine at Scunthorpe United. Uh, you know, we've been promoted from this league. You know, great to see them. My previous club as well. Fantastic for everybody involved in that. Uh, that they've gone and won the league. But likewise, from our point of view, we need to win the game on, on Sunday. Nigel, football throws up funny scenarios. Do you believe in happy endings? Because you, you need to this weekend in terms of it working out for you. Listen, we're all involved in football, so that's that's happiness in itself, isn't it? You know what I mean? So the, the happy ending will be when we get the stadium full of supporters. That's the happy ending. That's what we've got to look at. So... Um, Listen, who knows what's going to happen. Last game of the season, we've seen so many twists and turns. It's against us, but at least we're in it for that final day to see what can happen. There we go, Nigel, looking ahead to it. You know, as he mentions, we're all living the dream anyway if we're involved with football. But we could really live the dream, Nathan, if if the remarkable happens. And, and look, I mean, we're, we're pushing it big time on the pods because we have to. We've got to try and build up some excitement. It's It's unlikely, but it does mean if it does happen... It will go down as one of those like amazing days of of, of, uh, of football on Sunday. Yeah, of course it will. I think it only takes a second to score a goal, and and I think if we start off well, I think Tom touched on it earlier about getting in at half time. If we go in at one 0 up and Pompey and Oxford go in uh, drawing, they're going to have to attack a game. You know, they're going to have to go for it. They can't just sit back. So I think it'll be interesting in in in, in Nigel's selection on Sunday. Um, but it can go. It, Looking at the opposition as well, it can go two ways, can't it? You've got, you could either have a set of players that are going to be like, well, we've won the league, don't want to get injured, you know, over the summer because we've got a big season ahead, or, and you know, they might not put it in. But then you've got the flip side of it where these Grant McCann could have turned around to him and said, right, we're up. I'll probably get a couple of additions, but you need to show me that you're going to be part of my championship team. And they're going to be going all out to try and, you know, to try and impress. So it, it all depends on, on the mentality of, of Hull as well. Um, I think they'll start a strong side. I don't think that they've got, there's no reason for them to do a weakened side. And I don't think it'll be very fair for, you know, likes of Oxford and Portsmouth. Of course, I prefer them to, but in terms of the spirit of the game. But yeah, I just think, I think it's, we're in control of our own destiny, as we've said many a time. But if we get that early goal, I think that if we stay nil-nil for a, a longer period of time, it's going to be, I think, it might seem that it's getting away from us, and it will, and it will probably gain confidence for you know with for for um, Pompey and for Oxford. But early goal, you'll soon, no doubt, in my mind, that you know the backrooms team at Oxford and Pompey, they'll start getting nervous, and then, and you know when people get nervous, people make mistakes, they sit deeper. Um, and you know, even if Pompey get an early goal, they're going to literally just sit behind the ball. They'll just they won't. I don't think they'll go out gung ho because they go on to protect it, which is natural. Um, so and that's the amazing thing, right? Anything can happen. Um, we just focus on ourselves. Let's try and win a game and win it well. If it comes off, like you were saying, it'd be a memorable day, and then we got to worry about what Jekyll and Hyde's going to play in the the two semi final legs, and then potentially a, a final. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Mm, yeah, I mean, but, and just a final look then, Tom, any changes you'd like to see? I mean, ideally, obviously, then we'll, we'll get a Chucks in to start if he's fit enough. I mean, or, you know, we wait until half-time and then bring him on. Albie in for Jake. I mean, is there, is there any changes that you've got your eye on at this moment in time? I think probably that Albie for Jake is, is the main one. I, I'd love to see us 
go two up top. Um, whether he will from the start, I'm not sure. Obviously, it didn't really work the other the other day. Um, but yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. I can't think we're going to see any huge changes. You know, I don't think we're suddenly going to see a, a Ronnie starting or anything like that. And I think a lot of the players on the bench probably uh, are going to stay there. Uh, as I say, the only ones I can think of are the like for like in midfield and then maybe going two up top. But like Nafe says, it's um, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? It's nice to have something to play for on the final day and just got to wait and see what happens, I guess. Certainly do. Right, that is the end of uh, this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who've listened to the very end. Don't forget, we'll be back uh, on Sunday evening after the whole game to discuss uh, the upcoming playoff campaign. We look forward to speaking to you then. Uh, Thank you to Tom and Nathan for joining me. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. I'm Louis Mendes. Thank you for listening. We shall leave the final word on this week's show to Charlton Athletic striker, Jaden Stockley. It gets to these crunch times of the season. How many times I've been sat on my sofa before? Last season, for example, Nottingham Forest, Ben Watson was in a, in a, in a playoff push. There was a six-goal swing on the last day. Uh, he, he, he told us that. That was the importance of today. I covered it. I remember. Yeah, it, it, things like that can happen. It's a mad day. You know what, you know what it's like. Um, we go 1-0 up early against Hull. Other people's bench get a whiff of it. It's, it. It spreads panic. It does. And we're in that position where we know we win. We've got a chance. Just focus on ourselves. We don't need to know anyone else's score. Charles and Charles and